0: Good afternoon. It's Friday, July 9th, 2010. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, the founder of the Executive Girlfriends Group, and our guest today is Jan Yeager, and I guess we can call you Dr. Jan. Uh, Jan is the author of Work Less, Do More, the 14-Day Productivity Makeover. So Jan, why don't you just uh, give us a quick introduction?
1: It is a guide to how to do everything faster and better. The reason it's 14 days is that I wanted to create a self-study program that was manageable because that's one of the key components of being in control of your time. So if you do one chapter a day in 14 days, which is not as overwhelming as trying to cram it into a week, but not as so far in the future as a month, you will see strong, definite improvements in how, how much you get done and how you feel about your day.
0: Great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: yourself? Well, I've been researching and writing about time management uh, since the 80s. And what's exciting, this is my third book on time management. What's exciting about having that uh, longer view of something is that not only has the field of time management changed, but I've changed, my life has changed. So, in the 80s, when I was my first book, I was single, I interviewed women who were married with kids, and the one thing they would tell me is, you know, I don't have enough me time. But I also, of course, interviewed um, and researched executives. And then in the 90s, I was one of those mothers with, with uh, school-age children. And in, at that point, more of the time management issues were self-generated. Fast forward to 2000 plus, we have these time-saving devices like computers, like smartphones. But now... It's really more of a question of the world is bombarding us and how do we, in the midst of all this, define what's important to us and take control. For instance, Facebook, it allows you to have, quote-unquote, a thousand friends with whom you can instantly stay connected, but are you making time to call, get together, or stay connected to that one friend or those couple of friends who really matter to you. So I'm married happily uh, the second time for 25 years. The first time was not a happy marriage, but I learned a lot from it, and it helped me to find someone with whom it did work out. Uh, We have two grown sons. And I have one little grandson and I spend my time uh, writing, researching, speaking, coaching and also staying connected to the people that are important to me as well as making time to meet new people. So it's great to be on this call and I'm very impressed that you've grown your network to over 500 in I think you said a year? Uh, it's been almost two years now. Okay. Well, still, even in two years, that's that's wonderful. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. You know, you bring up some really important points, Jan, particularly about the bombardment issue. Because you know, even in trying to get people more involved in the Executive Girlfriends Group, we you know we always have really really high quality content. Uh, you know each week and we 've got some other opportunities throughout the month with with some unique uh, topical calls that we have, um, but even just figuring out how to get through to people uh, and what 's the most effective way to communicate is really, really challenging and because uh, you know most people have just email boxes that are literally out of control and and so uh, you know they're they 're not reading their email. Uh, like they used to. I mean, you, you used to be pretty sure that if you sent somebody an email, you know, that right. you weren't getting through. But now, email is really very much like fax, where if you fax something to someone, you have no idea whether they got it or not.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting because one of the fascinating things I've found is that, you know, like for instance, you mentioned fax. If you want to get someone's attention today, if they're ignoring your emails, if all you're getting is voicemail ironically if you send them a fax and the fax actually goes through you may actually get their attention because no (laughs) one's sending them a fax anymore
0: (laughs) however
1: they have to still have a fax machine a lot of people have abandoned fax machines and now they have faxes that go directly into their computer so that creates the same kind of challenge because it becomes another file that's ignored exactly in uh work less, do more, I use the term (laughs) distractionitis. And I think that's really a very, very crucial thing. Uh, Just this week, because I juggle a lot of projects, and I'm not ashamed to admit that because I interviewed, I had the good fortune of interviewing the late, great science fiction writer and professor Isaac Asimov. And by the time he passed away, he had written over several hundred books. I think it was either more than 300 or 500, a, a huge number of books. And what he shared with me was that he had multiple projects going at all times. And if he got stuck, he would immediately switch to another priority project. So he didn't let the fact that he wasn't... You know, sticking with one thing, uh, sabotage him. On the other hand, he did finish projects. So this week, I realized I'm I'm working on so many things. I took the time to clear off my desks, and I have two or three desks in a in a you know configuration. Mm-hmm. And I'm really trying to help my own focus by having that one priority task that I'm trying to focus on on my desk and have everything else out of sight. Now, of course, you start off the day like that and things can get piled up, but if you walk into offices, you are shocked. I am shocked to see, and it could have been my office just a week ago. I I literally had, had piles of things. And often what gets people to take control of the piles is they can't find something, and that's, that's the alarm going off. So if, right. if you know, you, you can't figure out where did you put that, but that's part of the distractionitis is that we do have all this bombardment, and also in the old days, you would see people reading books on trains. Uh, I live in a part of Connecticut where a lot of people commute to Manhattan. If you happen to be on a rush hour train, especially coming home at night, you will notice how many people have their computers. Now, some of them are watching movies. Some of right. them are playing games. But the majority are doing more work. So they're extending their own work day, and that's one of the issues I deal with in work less, do more, Mm -hmm. I call that chapter the five P's, and one of the P's is pacing. And if you don't do that pacing, which includes downtime, you can't work 24-7. You're going to find yourself burning out. You're going to find your productivity starts to wane. And some of the research at Cornell University found that You'll even be more prone to make errors and have more accidents because you don't have that the pacing, the the short breaks. So those are right. some of the things that I deal with in uh, work less do more.
0: well let's let's talk a little bit about the structure of the book, uh, and those who are, are regulars know that that I'm a real sucker four books with with great layout, and it, it's one of the reasons why I chose your book. Um, oh, thank you. The the book is structured in such a way that it, it's a practical workbook. Uh, it's got um, checklists. It's got um, you know the important parts of the the chapter in a, a different uh, background color, and and you make beautiful use of. You know different font sizes and and uh, again just things that that really grab you, and uh, the way that the book is organized is as Jan said it, it's a 14 day program and and I I am actually woefully. Um, uh, remiss in getting started. But day one is getting started. And and so it lays out a number of things that, that you need to do to kind of get your arms around what your problems really are. And then it moves on to goal setting. And then as Jan just said, uh, day three is really where I think that the meat of this kicks in because it is the five Ps, procrastination, perfectionism, poor planning, pacing, and petulance. Now you talked about pacing. Let's talk about petulance because that's not a a word that is common in our vocabulary.
1: Right. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I had to find a word that would fit that key fifth component, which is attitude. And I wanted it to be another P. So fortunately, petulance uh, (laughs) is another word for attitude. And I think that's so pivotal. You know, what I, what i love my background is i have a phd in sociology a masters in criminology a bachelor's in art uh, a graduate work in art therapy so i have a very eclectic background but what i find fascinating about studying time bringing to it my sociological perspective is how much of time is is psychological is sociological and that's where the petulance and the attitude comes in. If you're working for someone with a negative attitude or if you're around coworkers who are always complaining and negative, time is probably going to drag. And that's why it's interesting. The, the whole concept of time management um, is so individual And if I get one point out today to our listeners, or tonight, because I know this will be on the Internet, so someone might be listening to it at 4 in the morning or 11 at night, I think (laughs) it's to know that we all define how time is in our lives. We choose how we spend our time. We choose if we're going to get the priority tasks done and feel as if we are in control and we are successful or we're going to feel like I never can get enough done, I never have enough time. And that's where the attitude is, both the attitude about time but also how you approach your work, how you approach people in your life. If you call someone, and that's another fascinating part about the whole time issue, if you call someone on the phone, that that moment you interact is a, a relationship is starting. and And that's also, some people feel like the phone is a waste of time or it's slowing them down. So I'm sure everyone listening can relate to this. You'll call someone and you'll be asking what is a legitimate question or an inquiry and they need to let you know that they don't want to be on the phone, they don't have time for you, and they have this attitude and it just is, it not only shuts everyone down or shuts you down especially, but it doesn't help move along the relationship or the time issue. So attitude is a very, very key component of this whole time issue, and it can make a big difference in feeling good about what you've done during the day. You know, it's it's really another version of the half-full or the half-empty. Right. But the other side of the coin is, If you are aware, and that's where you talked about the chapter on goal setting and um, both short and long-term goals, if you don't set the right goals or or take stock each day of what are you supposed to be doing that's going to make a difference either in your relationships or in your uh, work, uh, you won't have that achievement that is so possible.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think that that's a really important point. Um, I was just thinking today because I had started about a month ago uh, a program with a coach who is trying to help me get fit. And he's not working with me on, on the workout side of things, but but more on, you know, diet and, and just incorporating a healthy lifestyle. Um, and, you know, his version of accountability is to hand me a booklet where he wants me to write down, you know, what I what I do and what I consume each day. And my version of accountability to actually make me do it is if I had to fill that out daily and if he could tell me daily what I'm doing wrong. Because to find out two weeks later that what I did two weeks ago
1: was
0: was detrimental to my, you know, overall well-being doesn't help me. So I think, you know, there, there's also this issue of, of definition as, as we set out, uh, you know, to get something done, but you know, having accountability, I think, is
1: is just incredibly important. Well, and, uh, it, it, yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree, and it's interesting because um, uh, one of the one of the um, the key goals of the book, and I am a great proponent of library, So, if anyone wants to go to the library to borrow the book rather than buy it. I, of course, buying it, you can write in it without any problem. But if you go to the library and borrow it, you have my permission to photocopy the worksheets so you can make the book your own and write in the worksheets. But but that's that's what's so pivotal, the accountability part. That's why I have so many self-quizzes. And I even recommend, if you buy the book, try to photocopy the um, the some of the self-study in the beginning about where are you in your time management because that will be where you are at one point in time. You may want to, or use a pencil, because you may want to retake that quiz after your 14 days, then after a month, and see where have you really done this. And let, let me just give you an example from my own life to show you that this, this system works. When I was in graduate school to get my doctorate, I did it from start to finish in four years, going in with a master's. So when I'm graduating, there were people who started with me who were shocked that I was on my way out the door at graduation, and and they hadn't even figured out what they were going to write their dissertation on. and 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 I told them one of the reasons was time management that I decided this is what I need to do and this is what I need to accomplish and and I went about it in a very systematic way those so many people have jobs similar to that but it's not as glamorous as you know trying to write this amorphous thing called a dissertation so many people have these more very open-ended tasks and they don't know how to go about it and unfortunately people aren't helping them to structure it so they're 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 falling by the wayside and here's an example I I did a workshop on time management and it was uh about about 50 people various types of small businesses in Connecticut Uh, various levels in the companies. And I asked everyone, no one's going to see this where you work. This is for you only. What is the number one task that you are judged by, by your boss, if you've accomplished something at work? Write that down. Now write down how much of your day you spend on that. So one woman, I always ask for volunteers because some of these questions are very revealing, so I wanted it to be someone who felt comfortable revealing. So I asked who would like to share their answer?" So this woman raises her hand, and she says her number one task is generating new business for the company. So I said, what did you write down as the percentage of your day that you spend on that priority task? Uh, Chicky, what do you think her answer was? Oh gosh! Uh,
0: probably uh, making sales calls.
1: No, no. What percentage of her day oh,
0: was percentage?
1: she
0: doing that? Yeah. Oh, uh, was she doing? Oh, probably uh, ten or fifteen.
1: Well, you're being generous. She literally said zero. Wow! Now you say wow, and I say wow. But how I I was hired as a coach for a very high-powered executive whose job was to sell insurance at a very high level to entire companies, and he got himself into a similar situation. And that's why he, he hired me as a coach, because we had to sit and look at his day, and he literally had for weeks not manage to be doing the priority task. The time was being taken up with meetings that didn't relate to his key job, with managing people, with being distracted, with all sorts of what he thought were important business lunches but weren't doing what he had to do, which was generate those those particular um, those particular uh, sales leads. And when when I was a college professor, on a certain level, being a college professor helped me with my time management skills because you create a syllabus. And when I coach college students, I tell them the easiest way to get an A in a course is just read the syllabus. See what your professor is requiring of you and what the dates are and what the deadlines are. Now, in college, and sometimes in high school, they do it to an even greater degree, but in the real world, you have to do it for yourself, and that's where people start to fall down because they're looking for someone to tell them how to structure things, how to make sure they get everything done but no one's telling them so they 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 stop exercising and mm-hmm. claim they don't have time they right you know that and and that's and that's the the beauty of it's really self-management more than time management right
0: and well and, and prioritizing which is, is actually day 4 and and I you know I think that that's probably uh, my biggest challenge and and to your point about doing what 's what 's valuable the the other thing I think that really has floored me personally uh, recently is that we are in a new normal uh, things aren 't the same as they used to be, and for the first twelve or fifteen years or twelve or thirteen years of my consulting practice, business came by picking up the phone when it rang, and someone would say. I have a problem. And then I would craft a solution. I would tell them how much it was going to cost and how long it was going to take. And voila, I would have a new client. And, you know, I was sitting here, you know, bemoaning the fact that money wasn't flowing. And, you know, trying to do all kinds of things but the bottom line is the thing that rings my cash register is to be doing proposals or work authorizations (laughs) and you know i used to do that in response to a phone call and now i actually have to go out and seek business out and so i think that a lot of people are trying to operate on the old rules right and so the the whole prioritization thing has has gotten uh you know just crazed in their lives because it it doesn't work anymore
1: Well, that's very interesting because um, uh, I have a new book coming out called Grow Global in the next couple of months. And one of the epiphanies I had in doing the dozens and dozens of interviews for the book and really thinking about business and the business world is that, and it's even more so now, when, because of declines in various industries in the United States and around the world, it's important to seek additional sources of revenue, additional clients, additional ways of spreading your wings, spreading your Mm -hmm. brand, gaining business. And as you said, the old ways aren't working or have to be refined, and that's, I literally just, which is a big step for me. I I committed to a business trip in April of 2001 that includes, in the trip, going to a conference where it is likely I will meet new or renew my relationships, business relationships with people who can help me and I can help them to gain more clients and more business but it required some real coordinating to cuz this conference comes every couple of years and a couple of years ago for various reasons I couldn't get to the one that was going to happen so but you you know that I need to try something and I know that doing something differently is going to make a big difference because the world has become more global. And it's important. One of my goals for myself professionally is to do more webinars. Even though I love traveling and I I really enjoy the interaction when I'm doing a workshop in person with the attendees, with the people who hire me, the whole part of it, the travel, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have the luxury of going to workshops anymore. So webinars is a way of getting content that isn't optimum, but it's better than nothing and even using Skype as a possibility for global webinars. So so I think it's important also with our personal relationships and that's what I talk about in Work Less, Do More. One of the days is work-life balance and that's so important going to and it's very painful to me. um I've been reading some of the old letters from my my mom and my dad to each other in the um uh, in from the war I, and um uh, my mom is older, and it's it's a way for us to have a nice connection when I visit with her
0: right
1: and my for years, I was told that my grandfather just died suddenly at the age of forty nine So um, I'm reading this letter, and my grandmother, um, who obviously was left a very young widow, she actually said in one of the letters that a doctor told my grandfather that he'd better get a checkup and look into some things because uh, he had high blood pressure, and they were worried. But he didn't want to take the time to do it because he, he felt he didn't have the time uh, to take out of his uh, professional practice. He was a, uh, a physical therapist. So isn't this amazing all these years later to learn, and my mother didn't even know that. She also thought it was sudden that he he, he died. So that's another important thing, especially the working women who are listening, those uh those appointments are so pivotal. I called someone, in, uh, a colleague, and he told me that his wife just had a double lumpectomy. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting for the results, and they're optimistic that they caught it early. But she had to make that appointment and go in there and have that checkup. And too many women are putting off checkups because of time. Right. Right. Well, let's uh, take a look at some of the other
0: days because uh, there, there are a couple that jump out at me. Um, you touched briefly on multitasking, and, and actually you, you used uh, the context for that, was actually talking about a man who was multitasking, which is, is uh, sometimes an anomaly in and of itself. But, but for women who generally do such a good job of multitasking, or at least we think we do, uh, Day five is about multitasking so it works. So what is it about multitasking that actually is detrimental to our productivity?
1: I'm sorry. My, my dual phone was multitasking. my ah. other line, And I, I missed a key word in what you said. You said something about um, there was a key part of that question. Could you repeat it?
0: Well, uh, the, the key part of the question is, what is it about multitasking that's actually detrimental to our
1: productivity? Uh, well, I think that the way that people multitask that's common, which is closer to distractionitis, that's where the multitasking is harmful, and harmful to the point that Oprah has, to her credit, created the concept of the no texting zone the no talking on the cell phone zone because the 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 extreme of multitasking is is the person who is talking on the phone or texting and driving which is you know illegal in many states but universally you know very very distracting so on a work level it's what, what I what I help people with in that chapter is figuring out what is an okay multitasking situation and when is it detrimental. For instance, some, for some people, having music in the background while they work aids them, helps their concentration. For other people, it's a distraction you're basically trying to multitask listening to music and performing your function. One of the most distracting multitasks is going back and forth between, let's say you're writing a letter on your computer or working on a report, and you're going back and forth checking emails compulsively. You know, every <laughs> oh, none minutes. of us you ever know. do that. <laughs> who 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 loves me? Who sent me an email? And and <laughs> you know, I mean, I my my favorite way, and I I think of it as 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 a as distraction. But but in my case, I rationalize. I try to only do it when I'm not intense. I call the opposite of distractionitis in the zone. That's when you're really focused and really concentrating, and time is just flying but in a good way because you're accomplishing a lot. So that's, that's what's the challenge to the, the women uh, who are part of your wonderful network. When you go to the soccer game, sitting there on your smartphone, not really watching your kid playing is a multitasking situation that backfires. But sitting there and maybe, you know, letting some thoughts go, you know, maybe while you're watching, you're, you're focused, but you're kind of thinking about other things that help you to organize. What are you going to do later that night or the next day? So there's no absolute. There are some absolutes. Let me rephrase that. Like the, you know, the the, the cell phone driving situation is, is really avoided it as much as possible, unless it's it's such an emergency that you know it just obviously is the lesser of two evils. But everyone has to evaluate. Um, and and going back to the Isaac Asimov example what he shared with me and what's so important to do if you do go back and forth between projects or among projects if mm-hmm. it's more than two is that when you re when you pull your attention away from whatever you're doing and focus on something else you then keep yourself focused on that new concern Uh, where it becomes counterproductive is is the going back and forth where you you lose your place, you don't even know what you're doing anymore, and you'll just be suddenly less uh, protective of your time and productive than if you were doing one thing after another. But I think it's unrealistic. There are very few people who can truly do only one thing at a time, so what I advocate and what Work Less Do More helps people become more victorious over the realities of their time, not this fantasy that, you know, I'm gonna have one job and 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 never be distracted or never have to deal with phone calls or drop in visitors or all these daily um uh, inconveniences. So One of my favorite parts of the book is you know, my suggestions about how to deal with a drop-in visitor. Try not to have a, uh, an extra chair in your office, and if you do have an extra chair, have it piled high with things. <laughs> People are probably not going to remove your stuff and put it on the floor, and they're less likely to Day longer if there isn't a comfortable place to sit. On the other hand, if you have an important visitor coming who's going to make or break your career, you want to remove everything from the chair and make it a comfortable place for, for you to have a discussion.
0: Definitely. Well, um, one of my, my other favorites, and then I think we're going to have to wrap it up and see if anyone has any questions. Um, is handling change and in interruptions. And what, what you just got finished talking about, Jan, were actually all of the change and in interruptions that are self-inflicted um, of, of not staying on task and uh, you know, kind of multitasking uh, in, in a way that's detrimental. Um, but uh, that that's actually day 10. And let me go back just a little bit and just read the rest of them because I, I want to give people um, just a, an idea of – you know, if they do go out and purchase the book or, as, as you suggest, go, go to the library and get it, I, I want them to understand what other things that you cover. Uh, day six is getting organized. Uh, so some of the things about combating disorder and organizing your office, house, or apartment, simplifying and mastering uh, paperwork. Uh, day eight is more effective ways to use uh, phone uh, and the phone and other equipment. Uh, day nine is devoted to email and electronic commu- communication. You know, I think that one could be a week long for me since that seems to be the bulk of my life. Uh, as I mentioned, day 10 is is handling change and interruptions. Day 11, winning deadline strategies. Uh, I uh, suspect I'm going to spend more than a day on that one because that that's, uh, again, one of the things that, that I really battle are, are uh, dealing with deadlines. Uh, delegating with success uh, and uh, I can't wait for the day when I have someone to delegate to <laughs> actually and uh, 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 they, uh, 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 go ahead uh, I'm sorry sorry
1: I was going to say to make you feel better as you'll see in the chapter on delegating with success that uh, some, sometimes delegating is, is the wrong thing to do so sometimes doing everything yourself actually is a time saver so so once again there's no absolutes but but continue on you said uh, right. 13. No
0: and I, and just on that point one of one of uh, our former guests uh did a post on Facebook this week of that it was take your webmaster out to lunch day. And I said so what do I do like go down and make a sandwich for
1: myself. Oh that's-
0: and And where am I going to take me to lunch but uh, at, at any rate that 's the life of the entrepreneur. Um, day thirteen is make the most of meetings and uh, you know certainly, in my days uh, in corporate life, uh, I was always amazed at how unproductive things were in corporations and uh, one of my chief things that I tell CEOs when i 'm consulting with their team is to lock all of their conference rooms for one day and just watch how everybody behaves. <laughs> So uh, let's see. And then uh, day 14, you already alluded to that was the balancing your life and making time sure. for relationships, which uh, clearly uh, is is one that we put a high priority on uh, at the Executive Girlfriends Group. So Jan, I really appreciate you sharing. And uh, again, for those who are listening to this um, on demand, uh, Jan's book is called Work Less, Do More, The 14-Day Productivity Makeover uh it is available on the executivegirlfriendsgroup.com dot com website and oh, wonderful. Uh, right now thank you yes right now we've uh i've actually got the bookstore a little bit buried so after the call today i'm going to go and move it out to uh the primary
1: navigation oh uh, thank you and i want to invite everyone to visit my main website drjan dot com and I have a blog there and I also want to invite people to um uh, follow my tweets. Dr. Jan Yeager is my Twitter name. I have over six hundred followers, but I'm my goal is to get over a thousand as soon as possible. I work very hard at my tweets. I feel that it's an important way of sharing my thoughts, but I also try to share things, you know, going on in the world and things that I'm reading. And I look forward to hearing from people. Please connect and tell me what you're up to. And if you do read the book, I welcome your feedback very much. I have a new book coming out uh down the road and I'll tell you chicky about it as soon as it's available. Three hundred sixty five daily affirmations for time management. Oh great. That sounds terrific. Well, um, one of the
0: things you can do, Jan, uh, because I, I know that uh, you rattled off all of those ways to connect with you uh, fairly quickly, is we have um, on the Executive Girlfriends Group private sites, um, on your personal profile, uh, the ability for you to put all of that in. so that oh, if,
1: wonderful. If
0: people listen to your... Uh, your broadcast, they can come back on and, and look for your profile and then connect with you directly
1: there. And so, I was going to uh, say probably the easiest way is just put my name in Google and a million things come up and <laughs> people can find All right, it.
0: great. Well, I'm going to send you an invitation to the Executive Girlfriends Group site so that you can update that information. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, you can also feel free just to drop in for a call any time. Do we have uh, any, any questions or comments for uh, Jan? Before we turn to the other part of our call. No, we've got. To no, Jan. I just want you to know this is Michelle, and um, I will be uh, looking for the book because there there are parts of my life that I could use tremendous
1: organization. Oh, thank you. I I uh, look forward to helping you with that through the book. Thank you.
0: All right, That's terrific. Anybody else?
1: And also, uh, one more thought, because I'm trying to be more proactive as, as I grow my own career as well. If anyone wants to be alerted when I do do a webinar, uh, uh, especially on time management, you know, feel free to send me an email just letting me know that, and I'll, I'll put that in my um, file about that. Well, great. And
0: also, Jan, once you uh, log on to the uh, Executive Girlfriends Group platform, uh, there's a blog entry uh, attached to your personal profile where you can just notify everyone.
1: Oh, wonderful. Exactly. Terrific. All and right. Thank well. you, Chicky, for for creating this network. Oh, well, it
0: has been a a labor of love and and something that uh, is uh, a very important part of my week, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy doing it. So uh, thank you for thanking me, and uh, with that, I am going to turn off the recording part of the call, because what is said on the rest of the egg call stays on the
1: egg call. Terrific. Ah.